0: The year is AD 62. In today's episode of Church History, we're talking about death and destruction. In the year of our Lord, AD 62... If Jesus died in AD 33, then it's been 29 years since the church has been born. In this episode, we're looking at the time of death and destruction. James had died 22 years earlier, the first of the apostles to be killed. He had been beheaded by Herod. Historians say that as the guard was leading James to his death, he was talking to James. He asked him for forgiveness and James forgave him. The guard then loudly confessed that he too believed Jesus Christ is God and both the guard and James were executed together. These men and later women who were killed for their faith were martyrs. They were seeds planted and the church was not stopped, but rather with each death, the church grew. In our last episode, we talked about Nero. Nero said of himself, I am the chief opponent of Jesus Christ. Nero, who had his own mother killed and possibly ordered the burning of Rome, loved the theater. In his plays, he would use Christians as props and would have them killed in the play. Live murders and real death brought realism to his shows. He especially loved to end his plays with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Christians who were arrested and put into his plays would not beg for their lives, but would rather beg to not play the part of Jesus because they did not see themselves as worthy of the role. Those who were forced to play the part of Jesus would ask to be crucified upside down as a respect, as they were not worthy of the part. Andrew, one of the brothers known as the Sons of Thunder, went to both Asia Minor and Greece. He preached the gospel and planted churches. During this time, he was arrested and killed and crucified upside down. Philip also traveled and started churches all over Asia Minor. He also was arrested and was also crucified upside down. But still the church grew. James, who is known as James the Less, he had that name because he was short. He traveled to Syria and he started churches. And Judas, and not the one you're thinking of, the other Judas, he started churches in what is today Iran. We're not actually sure how either of those Two apostles died. Now, Paul, we talked about him in the last episode, and when we ended off, he was being held in house arrest. And he was held in house arrest for a few years, and he had written a bunch of letters that today is most of our New Testament. But in AD 62, he was released. He then traveled to Spain and started churches in Spain. This part of his life is not covered in the book of Acts. Now, in the year AD 64, Nero arrests both Paul and Peter. They will both star in his next show. When it's announced that both Paul and Peter will be in the show, the crowd cheers loudly. The cheering lasts for a long time. The crowd wants to see blood, and they're thrilled that both Peter and Paul will be the entertainment. As Peter and Paul are led into the theater, the crowd is on their feet. Imagine being Peter. You look down at your feet as you walk along the sand of the theater, and your mind flashes back. You're walking along the sand on the beach with Jesus. You're ashamed. You've denied him three times. Then he's been crucified, and now he's alive and walking with you. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter, when you are young, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow older... You will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. Now Peter, an old man, is walking into the theater and will be crucified. He doesn't deny Jesus. And what Jesus prophesied will come true. Now Paul cannot be crucified. He's a Roman citizen and it is against the law to crucify a Roman citizen. So Paul is beheaded Peter will be playing the part of Jesus Christ, but Peter proclaims he is not worthy of such a role and asks to be crucified upside down. His request is accepted. After this, John moves to Ephesus and takes over the church there and helps Timothy. And he writes 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Bartholomew travels to Armenia and plants churches. He's killed four years after Peter and Paul. At the same time, The father and son team of Vespian and Titus have been fighting the Jewish political group called the Zealots. They take Galilee and then city by city continue to take ground and then they surround Jerusalem. In March of that year, a governor has had enough of Nero. He's had enough of the theaters, the high taxes. Everything was just too much. So he starts a rebellion. Nero tries to stop the rebellion, but there's too much support. Nero is declared a public enemy, and the rebellion continues to grow. So Nero flees to Rome, but he finds out that in Rome, his own guards refuse to obey his commands. One night, he wakes up and finds his palace empty, not a single guard. They've all left him. Nero writes a speech and leaves it on his desk. Nero then leaves and goes to his villa about four miles outside the city. The Senate then meet and vote to have Nero killed beaten to death. A messenger leaves the meeting and rides on horseback to the villa to warn Nero. After the messenger leaves, the, des- the Senate decides maybe they should not actually kill Nero, rather just simply relieve him of power. Nero would not hear about their change of plans. In the, vi- in the villa, Nero sees the messenger arrive on horseback. He hears the news, the Senate will kill him, beat him to death. He can't let that happen. Nero decides he will kill himself. He takes the sword and then begins to walk up and down the hallways of the villa, saying over and over, what an artist dies in me. He continues to bring the sword to himself, but each time is too afraid to kill himself. So he calls his servant. Servant, take this sword and kill yourself. If I see you kill yourself, then I will have the courage to kill myself. The servant refuses the order. Suddenly, the sound of many horses surrounding the villa is heard. The guards have come for Nero. Nero calls his personal secretary and gives him the sword. You must kill me. The personal secretary agrees. As the guards enter, they see Nero on the ground bleeding. He's not dead yet. They rush to him and try to save him. Nero's last words are, you're too late. June the 9th of the year AD 68, Nero is dead. The death of Nero brings a civil war in Rome, and in one year, there are four different rulers. In the end, Vespian becomes the ruler. Vespian puts his son Titus in charge of the Jerusalem problem. It is now the year 70 AD. Jerusalem is a hot mess. The Jews are very divided. There are Jews who are followers of Jesus Christ. There are other Jews that want to live peacefully but still follow temple rules. There are Jews Jews who... There are Jews who don't follow Jewish law at all and want to live peacefully with Rome. And then there's the Zealots. The Zealots are a political group whose goal is to overthrow the Roman army. We had talked last week in the podcast about the rise in conflict between the Zealots and the Romans. You're a Christian. You hear the Roman army is on its way towards Jerusalem again. Vespian is now leading Rome and his son Titus is on his way. Your wife is packing up the children and some food. You're walking quickly to your father's home. You're a Christian and you're a Jew. You enter your father's home. Your brother is angry. You're leaving? Yes, and you need to leave as well. How can you just abandon your family, your people, your temple? Jesus said this would happen. Father, remember you were there. You told me you heard this. Remember you said... When Jesus left the temple and was walking away, his followers came up to show him the temple's building. And Jesus asked, do you see all these buildings? I'm telling you the truth. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Every stone will be thrown down to the ground. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that the desolation is near Then let those in Judah flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. Let those who are in the country enter her. For in those days of vengeance, that all things that are written will be fulfilled. There will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Your father looks at you. I will never leave the temple. I am not a coward. I will not run and I did not raise a coward. I'm not a coward, Father. It's suicide to stay here. Jesus warned us. He told us to run when the army surround us. Please leave with me. Why would I listen to the ramblings of a man who thought he was God, a blasphemer? You have come with me to the temple every Saturday for your whole life. If you leave today, you are dead to me. You realize they're not coming with you and you turn to leave. Outside, your sister in law meets you with your two nephews. Please take them with you. You take them by the hand and begin walking back to your house. As you pass the buildings you've seen your whole life, you wonder if you will ever see them again. You won't. When you return, this entire area will be burned to the ground. Your wife and children are ready when you arrive home with your nephews. And you pray together and then leave Jerusalem. You're not alone. Not a single Christian remains in Jerusalem. You travel together with your children. You share food and resources. This is the story of the church in AD 70. The church remembered the words of Jesus and they left. They evacuated Jerusalem. The zealots attacked the temple and took control. Ananias, the high priest, is kicked out of the temple. And the Jews in Jerusalem begin to protest. The zealots then appoint their own high priest. At this point, even the Jews who are no longer following the law are upset. They storm the temple and the zealots are pinned inside. Zealots from outside Jerusalem hear what's happening, and they all come to Jerusalem to fight. They're ready to overthrow the Romans and take control of Jerusalem. There's 15,000 zealots in total in the temple. The goal is to overthrow the Romans, but if Jews are standing in the way, they will kill the Jews as well. The zealots kill Ananias, and then they begin attacking and killing anyone who's not a zealot. Hundreds of people are killed. The temple is used as the main base for the zealots, and their goal is to defend Jerusalem and at all costs defend the temple. Inside the temple is a large food supply the zealots took while killing soldiers during a past raid. We talked about that in last week's podcast. After the rampage and killings of hundreds of their fellow Jews, the zealots begin fighting amongst themselves about who was going to lead, and they accidentally start a fire and all the food is burned. It's now the spring of the year 70 AD. Titus attacks Jerusalem, expecting to win fairly easy, but he's unable to get into the city. The Roman army then sets up a four-mile-wide army camp all the way around the city. No one can get in or out of Jerusalem. There's no food since the fire and the people begin to starve to death. About 600,000 people will starve to death that year. Some try to leave the city hoping for mercy from the Roman army. They do not receive mercy. They are crucified and the crosses are set up all the way around the city. So those in the city when they look out can see crosses with dying people and a four mile wide army. Inside the city isn't any better. There are dead people everywhere, some from starvation and some from the rampage killing of the zealots. And it gets worse. People begin hunting and killing other people in order to eat them. Titus attacks Jerusalem again and this time he gets over the wall. Now Titus is a religious man and his plan is to keep the temple. He's afraid God might kill him if he even touches the temple. The zealots, however, have been using the temple as a fortress. They refuse to surrender and continue fighting. The Romans begin killing everyone who's not in the temple. And finally, they break through the wall into the temple and begin killing the zealots. Titus, in his anger, changes his mind and calls for the temple to be burned to the ground. As the temple burns, soldiers begin breaking down the rocks and taking gold for themselves. By the time the fire is out, you cannot even tell There was even a building there. All that's left is a wall. And that wall is still there today. And even today, the Jews go to that wall and pray to God for the temple to be rebuilt. The day the temple burns is the 10th day of the fifth month on the Jewish calendar. And it's the anniversary of the day Babylon burned the first temple and took the gold. There's only been two temples for the Jewish people, Solomon's temple destroyed by Babylon and Zerubbabel's temple with upgrades from Herod that was destroyed by Rome in the year 70 AD. And Titus isn't done. He calls for all of Jerusalem to be burned and for captives to be crucified. People are pulled from their homes. Streets are lined with crosses and screams of men dying. Homes are burned and in the end, 1.1 million people die. For the Christians who left Jerusalem, this is a turning point for them. Jewish synagogues in cities around the known world at the time refused to allow Jewish people who are followers of Jesus to enter. Up until this point, Jewish Christians had visited synagogues on Saturday and church on Sunday, but the Jewish community blames the Christians for leaving Jerusalem and not fighting alongside the Jewish people. They're seen as cowards, people who turned and abandoned their own family. Those who do eventually return to Jerusalem find their homes burned, their city burned, the temple gone, and for the most of the people, their family dead. For the Jewish people, Jerusalem will always be their capital. Today, it is once again finally recognized by the world as a Jewish capital, but it has always been the Jewish capital. During this time, Thomas who is famous for doubting Jesus had risen again, has traveled to India. He plants churches all across India, and he dies around this time of old age. We're now in the year 81, and Domitian comes to power. He fights with the Senate and is very authoritarian. He changes the value of the Roman coins, and the economy is approved. He also takes over more land and the Roman borders grow. He has massive building projects to rebuild large parts of Rome. He forced everyone to worship him and that was a problem for the church. Around this time, Timothy sees a pagan service going on. He tries to stop the pagan worship and begins to preach the gospel The crowd then turns on him and a mob is formed. He's dragged through the streets by the mob and then stoned to death. Matthias, who was chosen to replace Judas, Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus, he died by hanging himself. But Matthias was chosen afterwards to replace him. Now, not much is told about Matthias in the Bible, but what we know from history is that he traveled to what is today modern-day Georgia, and he started churches all across that area. He was arrested at this time and was beheaded in the year 8090. Now, John was the most respected member of the church at this time and was known as John the Elder. Domitian had him arrested and, according to some historians, had him boiled alive in oil and John miraculously survived. Although this story is debated and many people believe it is a myth. What we do know is that Domitian had John tortured. And then sent to the island of Patmos. While on the island, Jesus Christ visits John and gives him the revelation. He is first told how Jesus feels about the churches, and he hears about his own church in Ephesus, the one Paul started, and then Timothy pastored, and then John had pastored. He hears that Jesus is disappointed they have lost their first love. Then John sees the future. Jerusalem with a temple once again there's horses and seals and trumpets and bowls and he sees a beast take control of the world and rage war on the Jews and the saints and he sees God's judgment he sees hell and then he sees heaven john writes down everything he sees he makes seven copies of the revelation of jesus christ and sends it to seven different churches John is eventually released from the island of Patmos and he moves to Jerusalem. He continues to preach into his old age. In fact, he's so old, people have to hold him up in a sitting position and he still preaches. Church tradition says John died at the age of 99. His very last words, little children love each other. In our next episode, we're going to look at the church after the last apostle died. For more podcast, blogs, and videos, please check out my website, lauraleesiemens.com.